You're listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to master the stock market and the art of being a dad. So pull up your cargo shorts, put on your grass-stained New Balances, and let's throw some stocks on the grill. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stocks and Sandals. This is your host, Mike Sabala, joined as always by DJ Brown. Uh, and today I have a dad question for you, DJ. We do have a guest here. So, um, I mean, how do you want to do this? Do you want to introduce him first or do you want to get the question first? Uh, I don't know. Let's just go ahead and introduce the guest so he's not just sitting there staring at us awkwardly. What do you think? Yeah, so today we've got. Uh, well, I'm actually going to let you choose how you want to be introduced, man, because, you know, it's we've had this discussion before we started recording and, you know, I don't know what to call you because, you know, we respect your privacy and stuff. But how do you want to be introduced? Respect my privacy. <laughs> uh, my friends call me dad. Oh, you fit right in, dude. <laughs> that is all. That is all. You can call me Joe Rogan Jr. He's my also not saying he's my dad, but I didn't say he wasn't my dad. <laughs> Fair enough. I just go by what the birth certificate yeah. was, man. I've never seen <laughs> your dad and Joe Rogan in the in the same room. And those are the questions that we should be asking. Yet we're not. We're about to get very <laughs> speculative here. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying, man. You know? <laughs> this is gonna be a really interesting episode. Uh, I love <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Uh, no, so we actually have with us, uh, he goes by the alter ego of Big Quench. Uh, he is uh, one of the leaders of the Penny Boys Discord, Penny Boys Facebook page, all that kind of good stuff. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself, man? What do you want the people to know about you? What do you want the people to know? It's a great question. I don't know, man. It started as a joke, to be honest. That's the best part about it. This boy spelled <laughs> with an I. Like, that's, you know, come on, man. But uh, right. I was jostling around these other groups groups and like i would just i always like trading like those interesting especially biotech stocks so volatile it's just it's a it's fun to me and i would always call them penny boys like i don't know why i did it was i guess it was partially to troll people but at the same time it's like i always thought it was funny to call them that so like somebody was like oh penny sacks are the worst man penny sacks are terrible so i'm gonna lose everything i hands like yeah maybe you will but uh we, uh, I would just say, mm, how about them penny boys? <laughs> huh? Like in my head. Uh, oh, he's got it, a tooth whistle. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it took, uh, fun fact, it took me two years to figure out. I kid you not, practice for two years, sad as that is. I can't do it. DJ's got a pretty good one. Yeah, I've got a pretty good one. I can wh- whistle. Yeah, go, hit me with, uh, ask me if I want some popsicles <laughs> down in the cellar. Hold on, I don't know if I can do it on command. Want some popsicles? <laughs> <laughs> and I've got to do it in the perviest voice. I've got to do it in the perviest voice I can. Oh. I can't do it normal. I can't do it with my normal voice. I got to talk like Herbert the pervert from Family Guy. You know, like yeah, Chris, it's a, Chris. It's an Amber Alert waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. Where's my muscle on paper? Bring me some news. <laughs> oh man, this is awkward already. I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. But sorry, so. Um, I would just, you know, jostle around Hither and Honder, and I would just comment about them. And then I started posting some plays, and people were like, oh, dude, you know, you should make like a group so we could just send these in kind of like a more organized fashion. So I did. 
And uh, at first it, it was cool, man. It was just like, I was already trading them anyway. And like, then people were like, Hey, will you mind just like posting these ideas? And so I did. And uh, then I started like, get like some tips here and there. People like, Hey, I made a lot of money on that play. This is cool. You know, here's like 20 bucks. I was like, you know, awesome because i was already going to trade anyway it's like just bonus quench that's all it is you know <laughs> and uh and then it got a little bigger and then I'll, I'll never forget it was like i don't know like end of march this is like mid rona uh it's all it is a lot of what i was doing and uh the, we started on slack i don't know if you're familiar with slack i use it for some of my other businesses just like a workplace communication situation it's basically like uh you know it's like corporate discord kind of but uh so we we had it on there we had like maybe 50 or 100 members and uh because sorry to backtrack i got booted out of almost every facebook group about trading um just i don't know it was the penny boys thing or like i'd post plays and like i just i don't know i got booted it is what it is so i started the facebook group and then now we're here where it's like hey let's start the slack so we did there's maybe 50 people then i met uh mr uh, jay blazer uh the guy partner helps me with it and uh he just lost his job in the oil field and was just kind of like you know going on unemployment you know he's always away from his kids and he just wanted to to do something where he could like have fun enjoy it and like be home with his family i was like well help me with this because i am not organized um i have no desire to track like membership like i have no desire to do any of that i don't want to talk about it i'm a little upset you even brought it up (laughs) i'll forgive you for it but um he just helped me do that. And then, so from there, it's really just posting the plays. And then the big one was tops. Uh, I saw so many people lose money on tops and like, we wrote it from like eight cents to 55. Didn't anticipate that but we made like 500%. And from there it just kind of blew up. So we started the discord and it just, from there is kind of catapulted. There you go. That's how a lot of this stuff works sometimes. Right. So yeah. Mike, what's uh, what's your question for me? I don't know if I want to know what this question is. I'm not prepared for this, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, I just had my AC replaced. Like, it just went out, and I'm super salty about it. It got me thinking about like home renovations and stuff. And I want to know: Is there a point where, like, an average dude like me who is not good at home projects or like DIYs and stuff, becomes overnight good at that kind of stuff? Because I know if you've built stuff for your kids and you don't seem very good at that stuff to me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> your wow. your motor skills are, you know, you know, not great. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. They leave something to be desired. They do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, first of all, screw you. Uh, second of all, I think it's the second that your first child like leaves the birthing canal. Like you're just automatically handier with stuff, you know? Uh, no, actually, I'm still not handy at all. I make a lot of things. Uh, most of them don't look very good when I'm done with it and are probably pretty dangerous for our children to be using. But, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. I like to uh, kind of just roll character. with the punches. And, yeah, it builds character. I built a balance beam for my daughter because she's getting into gymnastics. And it's like it's literally just a giant four by four and I put like some, some faux suede over it. So if she falls, like she's probably done for, but you know, it's, it's just a extra, I guess, extra initiative for her to not fall. So, um, cause her life may be in danger. otherwise. Maybe I'm just blinded. Cause I saw your uh, balance beam thing you made and I thought it looked pretty good. So maybe I just don't have a, an eye for what, quality worksmanship is <laughs> it looks good um but i also take pictures from really uh 
specific angles to make sure that I hide all of the flaws. So uh, I do that with selfies as well. Um, unfortunately, there just aren't really enough angles for me to be able to. Yeah. So, it, so what you're saying is you just don't take selfies. Right. Yeah. That's why I uh, usually just continuously use the picture from my wedding that a professional took over and over. Oh, and like six years same. Ago, so. <laughs> that was when I was in like the best shape of my life. You know, I was well groomed and I was like, you know, I can't find a better picture of this and I can't take one. So I'm just going to keep recycling it over and over and over. So it is what it is. You know, that's just uh, part of the part of the life of a dad, I guess. So good question, Mike. Thanks. Yeah, I wasn't expecting such a specific uh, exact time frame. Yeah, I mean, it's birthing canal is the exact time. So um, that and the first time you buy a, a Milwaukee, you know, or uh, unless you're DeWalt guy, which is shameful. In my opinion. <laughs> Milwaukee all the way. Right. What about you, Austin? You a Milwaukee guy? Love the Brewers, man. <clears throat> <laughs> Wrong Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know. You know this guy who actually. Um, long story short, this ugh, this dumb hood rat, this hood rat chick, like clogged all the pipes in my house. Can't say it's my wife's right there. She clogged <laughs> all the pipes in my house, like throwing tampons or something, and I don't know what she did. But this guy came and he brought this like awesome Milwaukee, like it's like an air compressor slash shop vac, which is a fantastic tool. And it's super nice. I just need to get a battery for it. So basically, my dad kind of invented Milwaukee. <laughs> Joe Rogan. Very, very interesting. <laughs> but um, not to upset you, but um, I'm, a, I'm kind of a mixed bag guy. Uh, I have uh, like a DeWalt. I bought the DeWalt. Let's just, just, just hold on now. All right, cast judgment elsewhere. Hear him out, DJ. Salem. <laughs> Sorry, Dude, it's, go it's ahead. a brushless chainsaw that's so light, and it runs on their little battery packs. Like you only get thirty minutes, but like it's like for trimming hedges and trim and a uh, little branch boys and stuff. It's it's crisp, man. <laughs> then I got a Craftsman drill. Um, I got a uh, something else, something else. I got a bunch of different kinds, man. Say I'm not a hardware guy. I'm just gonna say it. Not All right. that's, that's, I want to believe I am, but I'm not. I feel so Fair out enough. of place right now because I have like a small little toolbox. I don't even know. Yeah, it's probably like, like, uh, it's, like it's like Walmart ladies brand, golf. You know? That's how I feel yeah. like, when I look at my <laughs> tools. It's like this is ladies golf tools. <laughs> you know, it does the job, but it's it's not exceptional. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mike, you just. Be quiet over there and let the real men talk for this episode. What do you think? Yeah, go for it. That's that's fair. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, before we like run out of time for this episode and have not accomplished anything, uh, let's uh, let's kind of jump into our topic for today. Uh, so we got options today. We're going to talk about options. Options are confusing as heck to me. I do not really understand them very well at all. Which is why, of course, as always, we bring on somebody who knows much more about them than we do to kind of teach us. So, um, Austin, uh, oops, I used your real name. Oh, no. Shit, dude. <laughs> uh, I gotta go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it's out of the bag now. So, Austin, uh, you know, tell us uh, what are options? <laughs> No, that's fine. Um, options are the thing that everybody wants to trade that they believe will make them exorbitant amounts of money, yet in reality are the thing that will 
basically give their account away to someone who who is more experienced than they are. Options are dangerous. I just wanted to start it with a real disclaimer. Less than 10% of people, like this is at least what I was reading on, uh, it was Forbes. I read it last night and I can post the link if anybody wants to verify, but I believe it said that less than 10% of those that trade options are successful. And that I believe is something like 80% of options expire worthless, which take a second to think about that of all options. So what an option is, is it's basically, it's a contract. It's a deal. So it's a contract to buy or sell the underlying security. So another thing to know about options is that when I purchase an options contract, I don't actually own anything. I am buying the right to buy the right. Okay. So like, say for example, you were selling your house. Okay. I'm like, oh my God, I want this house so bad, but I don't know if I want this house. So I come up to you and I basically give you a hundred bucks and I say, you know what? Will you hold this house for me? Okay. I'm gonna put this down payment on this house. I'm gonna basically hold, have you hold it for me. Okay. And you're giving me the right to buy it later or I lose the money. So for you, it's like, say I give you that hundred bucks, free hundred bucks if I don't buy the house. Right. And if you, if you wanted to sell the house and you were willing to wait, then you make an extra hundred bucks anyway. So what it basically does is so like there's the expiration date, right? That's when it expires. So trying to think of how I can explain this in a chronological order. Um, so we're going to go back. You're going to edit. You're, you're going to fucking edit this out. I don't want you to fuck this up with me again. <laughs> like they did on CNN. All right. Let's go back. Welcome to options. <laughs> but, yeah, um, just right. kick it off. So <laughs> options are... I just, I, I can't do this. You guys do this to me every time. I'm going to go. <laughs> but options are, what I'm doing with options, okay, is I, I'm basically getting the right to either buy or sell the security at the ex- expiration date, okay? So I don't own anything. I'm buying the rights to be able to buy. So if it's 100 shares of something at a dollar a share, right, that would be $100 for 100 shares, right? Options contracts are 100 shares. So even if I buy the option and it's in the money, which means I can exercise it, I still have to pay that dollar a share, whatever my strike price is on the option, like a call, for example. I'm going to buy you know, a $1 call on a stock that's already $1 a share. Okay, I'm going to pay a dollar for that contract. Just to keep it simple. And as the contract expires in the money, so meaning the price is above my strike price. So my strike price is $1. And it's current, the stock is currently trading at $2. That means it's in the money, which means the contract is exercisable. Okay. I don't trade in that manner. I don't trade to exercise the options. I'm just trading the premium. I'll go into that in a second. But if it expires and it's in that in the money, so it's below the current price, I can choose to exercise it, which is basically means that I have the right to buy that stock at $1, even though it's already trading at $2, right? So that, that to me, that could be an instant $100 profit or 100% return because I bought it at a dollar. That premium of $1 was all I paid extra. So basically, I paid $101 to be able to buy a $2 stock at a dollar a share, which means if I bought it and sold it immediately, I'd make $100, 100% profit, basically, like 99%. Um, put is the same thing in the op- opposite direction. So I'm basically buying the right to sell the security at a certain price. So um, 
and I don't know how 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 deep you, we, we should keep this relatively simple, right? Because yeah, people this is already to... confusing me. So okay, um, <laughs> no, I, I'm actually this is actually super helpful already. I mean, it is it's it's a lot to wrap your head around, but it is helping. So yeah, honestly, it's hard to even explain. Like trying to explain it. Like I know how I understand it, but it's hard to even explain. So. What I'm doing when I'm trading options, I'm just trading for the premium, okay? Which is the cost of the contract, okay? So like, I'm basically just, here's what I'm doing. I'm buying it, if I'm buying a call, I'm buying the call in anticipation that the stock will rise in price, right? And my contract becomes more valuable. The difference between options and this underlying security or the stock is that options contracts will will gain a lot faster than the underlying security usually will. So it's, it could be a quicker return but on the same token, it can also be a quicker loss. Okay, so you can, it's drastic both ways. And so when I buy them, my hope is that in like say two days, like on something like Tesla, um, and I'll explain how it changes relative to the stock price, Tesla options can, Tesla could move a couple dollars and it could shoot up 100% in minutes, right? And so I could just buy that contract in hopes that I'm buying it at the, at the bottom of the day and that it's gonna run five, 10, 20, $30 a share. And I'm just going to try to sell it at the top and take that premium so I can make like 100% on the premium and I'm just sell it and I'm done. So I'm not exercising it or anything like that. I'm just buying it and trying to sell it at a higher price, right? And so the things that need to be known and what most, so of all the people in our Discord, I mean, this is the main problem is I try to encourage everyone to know and understand what the Greeks are. Have you guys ever heard of the Greeks? Heard of it. I don't know what the heck they are, but I've heard of it. Yeah. So like say for just for if everyone wants to to humor them, let me look at the process. So say you go on Robinhood, okay, and you want to know just in case anybody's listening wants to like look this shit up in the moment. And you go and you go in and you look at your account and you're like, oh, I'm so depressed because I lost so much money. I'm just kidding. But you go to a stock. Let's go to Tesla, for example. We're going to click it and then we're going to click trade, trade options. And we're just going to click anyone. doesn't matter. And once we get to this main screen like this, you guys know, you ever seen this before in options? Yeah. Do you have to have the uh, the gold whatever for Robinhood? Yeah, to see and I think you have to get approved, um, which, yeah. fuck. I think it is you have to have the 2000 in your account with margin. Um, that interview I did with Barron's, that was his main angle was like, how easy is this? And do you think it's too accessible to people that don't know what they're doing? Basically, is Robinhood responsible for it to some degree? But if you click where it says limit price, it says the bid and the ask. So the bid is what somebody's willing to pay. The ask is where someone's willing to sell. So if my bid is, you know, at, at like, you know, $8, that means that's the max I'm willing to pay. And if the sell price, the ask is at $9, that's the lowest they're willing to sell it for. So if we get to that and then we click it and we get to a screen that looks like this, you can look at it yourself later. But um, go down and there's things called the Greeks, like Delta 0.53, Theta negative 6.22. I looked at this first time and I was like, what in the fuck is this, dude? Like, this doesn't make it. This is nonsense. Like, who did this? And I got almost got offended. I shut it off. And I was just angry. I didn't know what the fuck they were. And so I started reading about them. And so the Greeks are essential. If you're just buying willy-nilly without having any comprehension of the Greeks, you are doing yourself a disservice and you're likely to lose money. Nobody wants to see that happen. Delta, one of the main Greeks. So this is one that I focus on primarily. Or I guess, sorry, before I buy any options contract. The number one thing I'm looking for is liquidity, right? I don't want to buy anything that other people aren't willing to buy. And I don't want to have anything that other people aren't willing to sell. 
So I want to find an option that has extremely high volume and open interest, ideally. What I will look for, open interest, the amount of people that opened and have opened the contract, meaning it's an open contract, right? So the volume is the amount of contracts traded in that day. What I look for is where volume has exceeded open interest. That's how you find a good deal, basically. You find something with high open interest, and then all of a sudden the volume exceeds it one day. That's typically a good sign. That means that some large amounts of capital are making some big bets on that stock. And as you know, we're always last. Like as retail investors, like institutions are always first. There's always little bits of insider information going on, all that kind of bullshit. So once that condition is met, I then look at the Greeks. Delta is the amount that the options contract is going to change relative to the price of the stock itself, okay, in $1 increments. So per $1 change of this stock, the delta measures how much the options contract will move. You want to find something, the higher the delta, the better. Meaning that if the delta's, you know, at 0.99, that's great. That means every dollar the stock moves is going to shoot up. And then theta is the other one you want to know, which is called time decay, which basically means as you get closer to expiration, the contract itself decays, literally. Meaning it gets less valuable based on the time it's been open, right? And so it's a constant battle between measuring, like, is this delta at a good point right now? Do I think the stock's going to move? And will the data and the price movement outweigh the time decay? Because if it doesn't, and I've, this has happened on Tesla to tons of people, Tesla trades sideways. You know what's happening? That contract is just, just dying because it's trading sideways. The price is staying relatively the same. So if the, cha- if the price of the stock isn't changing, that delta isn't moving the price of the contract because if you're trying to buy and sell it. So those are the main two main things to look out for. And then the last one is implied volatility, meaning here's how the market's betting that there will be a certain move that's about to happen. And that's the Greek to measure that is Vega. That basically tells you as implied volatility rises, how much will that also increase the price of the option? So just like a short recap, if we find something with a high delta, a low, th- so high delta, meaning the price of the contract will change as the stock moves, low theta, meaning the time decay is as low as possible, and then high vega, that means that as the market starts to get choppier, that contract will become more valuable just because of the volatility alone. Those are the options that I look for personally. Um, vega is the one that I focus on the most because it's kind of like a, a safer bet. So if I find something where the volatility is going to increase, the IV of the contract is going to raise, even if the price doesn't move, it, it combats the theta component. So basically, the time decay doesn't eat it as bad. Um, but those are only three that really I think anyone needs to know. Um, the main point here is just to understand that like, when you buy an options contract, you don't own anything. And whatever the cost of that contract is, if you're just buying like a call, you can lose that whole amount and never be able to recoup it. Whereas with the stock, sometimes, yeah, you'll have to, you know, like everyone I see that bought Genus at $10, like, you know, sucks sucks is suck but you can wait it out i mean hopefully it comes back but you know if it does come back then you didn't lose your capital and that's great but with options the moment it hits that expiry date if it's not in the money you're done you lost it all it's gone forever and basically the person who sold the contract who probably owns the shares just keeps your money for free which we could do that as an advanced one later. I do that a lot to hedge my positions. I sell calls. Like when I think a stock is going to go up, but it could drop, I'll sell a call. So basically if someone buys it and the stock tanks, I either keep their money 
or the stock runs and I just have to sell it to them at the agreed upon price, but I still get a premium for it. Yeah. So the, that was going to be my next question is like, um, with how volatile and risky options are, especially for people who don't know what they're doing, how, I mean, can you go a little bit more in depth on how you hedge your bets? So like, how do you protect, I guess, because I, I know there's like ways that you can like minimize the risk that you're taking um, as far as capping off like the max amount that you can lose uh, and, and so on and so forth. But I don't really know how that works. Can you go a little bit more into that? Do you mean like if you own the stock itself or are you talking about how to hedge options positions? Because that is a way more complex process. That would probably be. I feel like we should not get into that yeah. this episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for another episode. But just okay. for, you know, if you own the stock, how do you hedge your bet? So um, NIO, okay. So Nuveen, whatever. It's basically supposedly like the Chinese Tesla. I don't know about that, but it's I like the company. So I've been holding it for a long time. I was up like 300% on the position, okay? We put it in the group in the retirement section. Not, ironically, a bunch of people ignored it, even though I was like, hey, this is the one, but whatever. So I'm up like 300%, right? And like, I, I want to hold it long term, but I also know the risks of uh, leaving 300% profit on the table, right? So I took profit on, on a good chunk of it. And then to hedge my position, because since I was up so much, I sold in the money calls. Because I had a feeling once I saw the price action shake out that it was going to come back down to maybe, you know, $12, $13. This is when it was trading at like $14, okay? I had a feeling it was going to come back down. So I sold $13 calls that expired like the next day, and then I sold some that expired like the next week, okay? So like I had the shares. I basically gave sold someone the right to buy my shares at an agreed-upon price, okay? But... If the stock dropped like I thought it would, and it did, it expires out of the money, meaning I keep the premium they paid for it, and I don't have to sell them anything. Okay, So I basically got paid to hold my shares, right? because I'm going to lose money as the price drops. Instead of just selling it all, I would lose money as it goes back down. But I wanted to hold it long term. So I have a question. Um, mm -hmm. to, to sell a call... Mm -hmm. Do you have to own the actual shares of the stock? That's a fantastic question. There's a few ways. Yes, you have to own the shares or you have to have the equal amount of the cost of those shares in, in cash in your account. Or you have to have an uh, in more. You have to have an, a more in the money call on the same date. So if I bought a call at 12, I could sell a call at 13. That's a great hedge towards options too, which we can get in another time. But um, those are the three ways you can do it to my knowledge. Um, I'm sure there's more complex options spreads, but uh, the only thing to, to caution people against is when you sell calls or puts, your risk can be infinite because that's considered a short call. You could lose more than you actually have in your account. So it's incredibly dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. You can lose and just let, let's let that sink in moment. You can lose more than you even have in your account, meaning you could you could lose everything you have in your account and then still owe money because say you sell that call and it just just keeps running, right? It's it's infinite losses. So let's take it back a little bit because I feel like the whole like selling calls and like all that's pretty complex. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go with a super dumb basic question. So just say. So you get a call and that means you think the price of something is going to go up, right? Yeah. Okay. So like when you close out of that position, like how does that work? 
you're not are you selling the contract at that point to somebody else you're, as long as there's so that's the thing with options this is a fantastic fucking question um there has to be a buyer right and that's why i said i look for that volume exceeding open interest because i don't want to buy an illiquid option because if no one's willing to buy it then i'm i'm fucked man or i have to significantly drop my price to sell basically to sell to someone who is willing to buy it which that's a, it's a lose-lose you know but yes, to answer your question, you you have to have a buyer in order to sell it. But you're just handing it off to the next guy. Is that person that's buying it buying a put then? Because they think it's going down, or are they or could they also be buying? Uh, or am I totally backwards on that? Are like, they? Ju- what, they're just buying the call stock. at a higher premium. Yeah. So right? say I bought this Tesla call to just scalp it, right? And Tesla runs up twenty dollars or something, and I'm at fifty percent. I'm gonna sell it, and I just sell it. I'm selling it to someone else who's buying that same call. So I bought the call, and then I'm reselling it to someone else. We're just at a worse starting point than you were. Yeah. So when you're looking at um, all this stuff, I mean, I'm assuming from a standpoint of evaluating whether or not you think a stock's gonna go up or down. I mean, you're just using basic analysis like indicators stuff like that or fundamental i mean fundamental or technical analysis or are there special indicators for options that uh i am not aware of other than like the well that's what the greeks were yeah Yeah. well those are important but you can look at a number of things man like there are a number of like uh computer-based algorithms now that will measure like options flow so like like it'll basically tell you like hey this amount of money's gone through like Apple 500 calls just now, like a huge buy, which means it's a large institution or someone with a lot of fucking money. And usually when they're making bets like that, they have the information before we do. We can kind of follow in line with that if we'd like. Or thing to watch out for with that is that they could be hedging a position, meaning they're betting the other way and you just won't know. So I don't really follow that, but that's one way. Um, but 99% of the time, yeah, I'm just using like where I start, I start with the fundamentals on most of the time, if the fundamentals look good. So like cash on hand, price to book ratio, stuff like that. If I like the setup and then you go like into sector rotation and shit like that, if you want to go into it, but basically where is money going this week? Cause it rotates, it'll go from tech to automotive to healthcare. Um, and so what I'll do is I'll go from fundamentals and then I go to the charts, which that's the technical analysis part you mentioned. And then from there, I go to like just kind of look at sector and momentum. So like which sector is performing well this week? Because that gives me a little bit of an edge. You know, is there momentum behind this particular stock? Is it super active on social media? Blah, blah, blah. Stuff like that. And uh, that's a more like, we can go into that. I think that's a great thing to know is that indicators do not predict anything. Indicators are only based on past price action. People are like, oh, RSI above 50. That means it's going up. That doesn't always mean that. It's based on the past price action. It doesn't tell you anything about the future at all. And I never, it took me like a, I don't know, I felt like, I felt like an idiot when I found that. I was like, oh my God, I thought this was like predict it. But it doesn't. It's about the past. Um, I have a quick question kind of backing mm-hmm. up a little bit to when you were talking about the Greeks. Um, and... I've heard with the the pricing of options or like the gains or losses you take, there's kind of like a multiplicative factor to it. Um, and I think it might kind of tie into, you said one of the Greeks was the volatility. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you might've covered it already a little bit, but can you kind of go into more detail on how you can make a lot of money on options, but like, how does it, 
how does the pricing work? Um, how does how is the price determined? Like the original price of the contract? No, like how does the like what your gains are going to be? Like how is that determined? I'm having trouble, I guess, oh, okay. understanding that part. So of it. yeah, that premium that I referred to, um, that is that is the basically the the reservation fee you're paying. Okay, so when you that that is the per the contract price. Okay, so that fee I'm paying to buy the contract. So I'm buying that right. Okay, now I have the rights. Yes, and I paid X amount for it. Now that I own those rights, I can sell those rights, hopefully at a higher price to somebody else who also wants those rights. So those Greeks are what determine what that price ends up at based on how the stock moves. So the premium will go up if it's, a high, again, high delta and the price of the stock goes up, then delta improves the price of the contract, includes increases the value of the rights. Okay, and like if that theta is low, it's not decaying. So, but like, so for example, like if I buy a stock, so I buy a stock, one stock, one share for a hundred dollars, mm -hmm. and it goes to two hundred dollars, and I sell it. I know I'm gonna make a hundred dollars off it. With mm -hmm. options, is there like it sounds like there's kind of a calculation you have to do with all those different factors to figure out how much you'll actually make on it. You know? No, so those greeks are what you use to determine if it's a good play or not with all trading which i feel like this is another thing that's that i confused in the beginning okay like say i'm starting out with a small account i thought okay i gotta buy penny stocks right because i can i can afford a lot of them so i can make more money which that can be true what i didn't understand is that all trading is it's a percentage change of the total amount of capital that you put into the stock so if i buy 500 dollars of a of a penny stock and i buy $500 of, you know, like, shit, I can't think of it. So if I buy $500 of a penny stock, you know, or I buy like $500 of, of Apple, okay? Blue chip stock. Yeah, a 5% gain on the penny stock and the 5% gain on the Apple stock. As long as I put in the same amount of money, it'll yield the exact same return. Now, like many will argue that like pennies will, will trade with a lot more volatility. So you, you're more likely to see like 20% up or 20% down which is the reason I got into options because they're, it, it's similar to pennies because it's so volatile and risky, but it's you know exciting. But the percentage change of the total amount of money you put in, that's your gain. So if I'm buying options, okay, say I buy $500 in options and I get a 5% gain, same thing. The difference with options is that typically those contracts change a lot faster. So you're more likely to get like a 40, 50% return in the same amount of time that you'd take to get a 5% return. But again, same thing, double-edged sword, you can take that same amount of risk, you can see a 40% drop. Like I've seen options contracts change in price by 50% in eight seconds before. Maybe not eight seconds, but 20, 30 seconds. I've seen them just plummet. Happened to Tesla before the close the other day, just right back down. I was up like 40, 50% on one and like I'm break even now in like five minutes. <laughs> But yeah. So I guess I still, uh, uh, and, and maybe I'm just being an idiot Ask here. Ask the questions, dude. There's no I'm going to because I'm sure a lot of our listeners, yeah, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are probably going to have their head spinning like I do right now. So I'm going to ask it anyway. So you say that, you know, it's based on the your the premium and then the, the price you sell it at and like that's your, you know, your percentage gain, right? And it mm -hmm. can, so why, I mean, it's based on the price of the stock, right? Yeah. 
So why I guess I don't get what the difference is between just buying it at a low price and selling it at the same high price. Like I guess I don't get what Oh, why it can yield a better return than the stock itself? Yeah, so yeah. Oh, so okay. like if I buy a stock at a dollar and sell it at two dollars, just like a normal penny stock, I'm not not options. I buy a dollar, you know, sell it to like I got a hundred percent return. That's a banging return. <laughs> right. But if you did that with um you know, an option, it's different, right? So I don't get how, explain that. So that penny stock, you got a hundred percent return. That options contract could have changed 500%. In that same pl- price fluctuation, the options contract could have gained 500%, whereas the stock only gained 100%. So that's the thing is that options are just an exaggerated version. So basically anytime you expect a stock to move up, if it moves up 10%, the option could move up 30%, Right. And is that like based on your like criteria that you set when you're buying the option? Do you get to choose that? That's or is based it just on like... the Greeks. No, that's okay. based on the Greeks. Those are what the Greeks tell you. So that delta that we talked about, that's the number that's giving you. That's what the gotcha. number that, that gives you the ability to determine, like, okay, so if this stock raises $5 in price, how much the option's going to go up? Okay, so like it's based on for every $1 change in the price of the stock, here's how much this stock will go up. So for example, it's like a 0.5 delta. Uh, it could be a, a you know 100% move on the stock could mean a 500% return on the option. Got it. Okay, so you're welcome, listeners. I'm the one to fall on the sword and ask the dumb questions no for you guys. Stu- no, this is... I, I tried to ask that question. <laughs> I just made all this up anyway, so it's not uh, like it's really... <laughs> You know, does it matter? You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> no, I just I think that's one of the I think that's one of the values of our show is that Mike and I are kind of stupid, so we can ask these dumb so questions. Dumb. That... No, man. It's <laughs> no, not I'm stupid. Just... This shit is incredibly I... complex, and that's why I always say, is. like, if you're new, don't trade this shit. You know, like I do. To be honest with you, as much as I may think I know about it, like I shouldn't probably shouldn't be trading them. To be honest with you, like I don't know them <laughs> in and out. I probably should. Right. Done all right. Well, that's why like, I mean. You know, uh, yeah, up until this point, I haven't even looked at them because that's all I've heard is that how risky they are. And I'm, you know, I'm just trying to get my feet wet before, you know, we jump in. But I know that there are a lot of people that are really interested in it. So it's a it's a super interesting topic. Yeah, I've thought about trading them before um, and I know nothing about them. So that's why I've been hesitant to because I know you can lose a lot on them. But I mean, this conversation is definitely affirming me that I should not trade them. <laughs> Because not, not yet, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not yet. It's hard to know, but that's why you want to know the Greeks, though. Yeah, it yeah. makes me uh, really think. You know, if I'm gonna do this, then you know I need to study up big time before I get into it. And because hearing the words uh, "potential infinite loss" doesn't <laughs> sit well with me. <laughs> I don't know if I could sleep at night with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard that there are like spreads and stuff like that um mm-hmm. and that might be maybe too complex for an intro episode but um could you like define that tell us what it is a little bit or just say like calling like a strike price or like kind of what that stuff means um so that's like what i was talking about earlier so say like you know i buy a stocks trading at a dollar you know and i buy a two dollar call for that expires tomorrow and then I sell a $3 call that also expires tomorrow that li- that caps my risk. So basically, 
I pay for the contract that I'm buying. So when I buy the call at $2, right, I'm paying, say I'm paying a dollar for it. I sell the call for $3 and I only get 50 cents for it because it's out of the money. That means my max loss is 50 cents. Does that make sense? Because I'm already been paid for that. So I already. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense uh, in the loosest term of the word. But yes, uh, it does. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what I was asking earlier. You know, like uh, there's a way to like guess, cap your risk and stuff. And that's the I think that's something important for our listeners to know, too, is if you're going to get into this. Um, probably, especially if you do it before you're ready, um, which again, from all three of us is highly ill-advised, but do make it. sure you at least know that you're capping it's your losses somehow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It is a trap, dude. Like you, you think they want, dude, one of the worst things that's happened to like wall in their eyes, like the victimized wall street guys is like, is, is retail <laughs> investors, dude. They hate it. I mean, I'm sure they love it too, because it's like easy money a lot of the time. But, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, that's what they don't like. They have control, and they still do. That's the thing about Robinhood. Most people don't know. They sell their order flow to these same crooked guys that have been basically they call market makers that have been fixing the market for years. That's how – you think Robinhood does this shit for free? No, motherfucker, they don't. That's how they make their money. <laughs> that's why they're worth billions. They're worth over $10 billion now because they sell that flow. Well, you know what that does? That gives these people that are want to manipulate the price – Everything they need, they know where your stop loss is. So, and they own enough of this stock that they could tank the price enough to stop you out, buy your shares for cheap, and then run it. That's why my group exists because, like, I know I've figured this shit out. But, uh, yeah, Robinhood, that's how they make their money, man, is they sell that order flow. So, they're giving them like the ultimate set of data points. Here's what all these people are willing to pay. And when you click market order, well, people are like, oh, man, it was 60 cents when I clicked market order. Why did I buy it for 62? Think about that. In, in in significant volume, two cents is a big deal. If you're trading a million shares, so imagine you're only buying a hundred, he's buying a hundred, but there's times, you know, there's a hundred of us, for example. They do that to everybody. They make that two cents on a million shares. They're making a ton of money, man. Always set limit orders, man. <laughs> yeah. That's the lesson we learned here today. <laughs> Another great lesson. Yeah. Now you know. Now you know. They're trying to tell you. I tried to tell him this a long time ago. Just anybody's anybody's listening i've been trying to tell him this for a long time he didn't want you guys to know i'm just gonna throw it out there dude i'm not hiding anymore i uh, didn't want them to know because you work for robin hood i do yeah that's me this is a uh, sponsored by now robin you know. hood that'd be <laughs> awesome be, be rich that would be pretty sweet uh so i have one more quick i have one more really quick question can you buy options on all stocks is that available on everything no not every stock um, I don't know what that process is for them to determine whether or not it's optionable. That I do not know. Um, but what I do, I do know that some stocks are not optionable. I think typically it's it's a it's a it's a price of the stock thing. I want to say because if you like, what I've noticed is like on a lot of the pennies that I'll trade, they won't have the ability for options. So maybe it's like once they cross a certain threshold, they make it optionable. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Okay, and um, you can. I think options like we we talked about Robinhood Gold you can do it or at Webull you can do options right with just like your basic account. Um, I think you have to apply and they're working on tightening it up a little bit, keeping it tight. That's at least what I read. That Barron's guy, that's what he's saying is like is what he heard recently is that Robinhood is supposed like making quote unquote making an effort to like 
give people all the facts on options. Like all things we've talked about, they're trying to make an, make an effort to share that information with people. That's where they make a lot of their revenue is actually options trading. So I don't think they want like people who don't know what they're doing. They want them to trade options, right? But uh, Right. Especially right before their big IPO, right? Exactly. Which that'll be interesting to trade Robinhood stock on the Robinhood app. Is it's that like ethical? Inception. <laughs> it is. And you wonder, is it ethical? Yeah, it is. That is uh, an interesting thought for another day. And now we are getting to this. This is going to be like the Joe Rogan experience for sure. Let's do it. Dude. I got another baton, <laughs> baby. Let's do it. Come on. Let's zone in, man. I just took a bunch of acid like 10 minutes ago. I'm just kidding. I've been clean for a couple of years, so I better throw that out there. People think I'm serious. <laughs> no, actually, uh, you know, which leads me to another uh, cool question. You run another uh, business. Do you mind talking about that? If not, we can edit this part out for sure. But uh, do you want to no, just kind of? No, I don't mind. Um, I think it's super cool. I want to hear a little bit about it. Um, so what we do is basically we are like a. Uh, Shit, I can't think of the term right now. We are like a Jesus. Did I say it all the time? Recovery. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm trying to think all encompassing. I guess maybe would be the word end to end service for like people who are struggling with addiction. So basically, like say for example, you know, your wife catches you with all your pills again. Or I mean, for the first time. No, I'm just kidding. I never. <laughs> I made that up. But um, say like for she's worried about you. You know, like say you're drinking a lot and she's worried about. You, she calls us. And so what we do is like the first part is like helping coaching her through the process because boundaries are essential and no one will ever get help without adequate, healthy boundaries. And the things that like addicts like myself prey on is, is the fact that people around me have unhealthy boundaries. Hence why I'm able to exist here. Like with the, let me get the 10 bucks or let me stay here, even though you caught me using again or lying again. Um, so we help coach them through that process, which is extremely difficult. And the hardest thing for like any loved one to do is have to say like, get out of my house or like, you know, I'm not going to give you any money and, and et cetera. And uh, so we help them with that. And then we help them deal with the manipulation, help them like really just, we try to anchor them to reality because what addicts and alcoholics will do. And again, speaking about me from my own experience, not saying everyone else is we twist the reality of those around us, not necessarily intentionally, but because we are so twisted up inside that it's impossible to know what the truth is anymore. Kind of like that saying, like, if you lie enough, eventually it becomes the truth. And so we that's my main focus and what we do is coaching them through that part. Because um, there's like there's there's two successes in any intervention. One is guaranteed. The other is optional, but is hopeful. The guarantee is that the family will receive adequate resources to begin healing. The optional optional one is is that they will go to treatment. The family will go to treatment, which we've done pretty well with that. But again, there's always the one. So. From there, then we just kind of make like a short list based on like what they need. If they have certain like religious preferences or they can't travel out of state or if some cases they need to get out of state because they have so many friends in the area that will pick them up from rehab and they could just leave because um, they're adults. So it's it's willing. Um, they could come and go as they please. But we take all that into consideration and then we communicate with the facility, coordinate the whole process, um, book any travel that needs to be booked. And then we get them there. That's priority number one. And then we also run a nonprofit that helps with like, you know, Narcan distribution, overdose awareness drug um, for anyone that is like homeless or uh, disabled or doesn't have insurance or any money or family support. We help 
with the like travel scholarships to treatment. So like if we're able to get scholarships from a facility that are out of state, for example, if someone's in a bad area that doesn't offer treatment, we'll cover whatever expenses to get them there. Um, and we have a family support group every Wednesday. If you ever have time, man, like you can actually check it out cause you're local, but, uh, it's in Orland park in Illinois, uh, 7 PM every Wednesday. Uh, we run a, like a community addiction support group, which is like, it's cool because it's families and addicts, like all in the same place. And mm -hmm. so it's been like, honestly, it's the coolest thing I've ever been a part of in my whole life because like, it's, I've never seen like such an atmosphere of like openness, I guess, where like the things that you were once so ashamed to say to anyone, you're now able to say to your mom or your dad or your wife or your brother or husband that's sitting right there next to you. Cause like the goal mm -hmm. here is like, we need to validate the harm that's been caused. Like, the biggest issue with anyone who's hurt addict or not is that like, say I heard you. And then I, I tell you like, dude, you shouldn't be that upset. Like I'm basically telling you, like, I don't give a shit that you're upset and you shouldn't be that upset. I'm invalidating everything about the way you feel and you're going to resent me for it. And so our mm -hmm. goal there is just kind of try our best to facilitate the healing process with the family while they're in treatment. Then when they get back, we bring them into the picture with a family that's hopefully a lot healthier, which then yeah. also it, it kind of hedges our odds like that they're going to more than likely stay clean. At least they have better likelihood of staying clean because they don't have a toxic environment at home to come back to because of right. the way I look at it. And I'll, I'll say this and shut the fuck up, but, and I don't mean <laughs> no, that any family is cancerous, but like, it's like removing one cancerous cell from a cancerous mass and then treating it and getting it healthy, but then taking it and replacing it back into the cancerous mass. What do you think is going to happen? So the goal is to remove the addict from the environment, heal the environment and the addict, and then put them together again. But the key yeah. component is that they both have to undergo some of that healing process, or it's just going to be the same, you know, cycle over and over again, which is what I, I was stuck in for a very long time. That's awesome, man. That's a, uh, that's super powerful stuff. And I really hope that, uh, you know, if anyone's listening that needs that kind of help, you know, that you, uh, you know, check Austin out and we'll put a link to that kind of stuff, uh, in the awesome, show notes yeah. too. So, um, everything free, a hundred percent, any help, any kind, like nothing like short of flying an interventionist out to your location. It's all free. Just FYI. And it's, uh, it's never alone recovery, right? Is what it's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same website. Never alone recovery.com. It's good, man. And good for you for getting clean and stuff that's thank you it's yeah. probably a much bigger challenge than anything uh than even learning options well yeah <laughs> that, that's that's the way i approach life now it's like shit man quit heroin you could quit anything man yeah, but seriously like, it's like it it does kind of like it's not it's not like i need a pat on the back like most people just kind of knew like hey you just don't do heroin like but for most people that clicked it, you know it didn't for me <laughs> so but like uh i just honestly take the same it's weird, man. It's like there's these qualities or characteristics of like what is addiction and and they're all inside of me. They're who I am. It doesn't mean that they're good. Like I don't really believe in good or bad. Like like heroin addiction, you'd assume bad, right? But dude, it's the best thing that's ever happened in my life. It caused a lot of people pain and I fucking deeply regret that pain that was caused to them. But I wouldn't change a thing because I wouldn't be who I am and where I am and doing the things I'm doing now without it. And it's more of like a question of perspective, I guess. But those same skills, those same like uh, 
you know, at the gas station, convincing someone to give you $50 because you got locked out of your car and you have a 50 minute backstory. And like, really, they just want to leave. So they give you the 50 bucks, like all that same kind of maneuvering stuff like it. Those are skills that can be used in a healthy way that can lend themselves to like healthy ventures. Like what we did with Never Alone to begin with. So like I took all those same yeah. skills and I just employed them in a way that wasn't causing harm to everyone. Cause uh, like one of the best ways I've ever put it is like, there aren't any rules except for one in like business or anything is that you can't deprive anyone else of what they want. And as long as you can get what you want without doing that, then you will always be all right. And that's kind of the mantra I've lived by. Just do it with integrity, basically. Like do it to the best of my ability when I make mistakes, remain accountable to them, you know, and, and try to do it a, a better way. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like if, if it's something you never went through, that you never would have probably started the never alone recovery. It, so, dude. I mean, I'm sure there's, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are, you know, really grateful for it. None of it, dude. My would be nothing of what it is. Honestly, the stock group wouldn't exist without it. None of it would. It just wouldn't be here. It'd be like some, I don't know. I just feel like I'd be a total dick bag working. Like, a, some, like I'd be like some sort of dick bag account manager guy that just hates himself. Please stop. Please stop describing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would just be Mike, basically. Yeah, you'd be me. <laughs> no, man. You wouldn't be doing this if you was miserable. Come on. I'm saying I, I, I just don't think I would have ended up anywhere I wanted to be. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. meaningless life kind of that's how i always i never really felt like i had anything that really captured the spirit you know that like like what you're doing right now like you wouldn't be doing this shit at 10 o'clock at night if you didn't love it you know what i mean you're oh, doing yeah. this for you the hope is that it helps other people too and that other people enjoy it but like i'm doing this for me you know right. that's the thing it's just that i guess maybe that that honest reflection of how it is like the goal is always that it's mutually beneficial Again, as long as I'm not depriving someone else of something, I'm it's it's all good. It's all gravy, babe. Come on. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Well, this that was awesome, man. And I, I appreciate you opening up about that kind of stuff. That's powerful. And uh, yeah, I'm, no problem, I'm sure man. that someone listening right now needed to hear something in there. And, um, you know, hopefully they they do. And, you know, they take it for. Uh, for what it's worth, which is a bag of gold. So that's, or maybe a, you know, a really hefty stock option uh, on oh, Tesla or something. Right? 1500 call for Tesla expiring <laughs> next week. That would there, you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, well, this, uh, this did get heavy. So I want to lighten it up a little bit. Mike, go ahead and lighten it low, baby. Go ahead now. You have any, Mike, do you have any dad jokes? I thought you were about to fart. Dude. I just wanted to whisper. <laughs> I thought he was trying to rip ass. I'll hang it over <laughs> Mike and I just discovered that we can whisper into our mics and it's totally legible. So now all I want to do is whisper all the time. Just tenderly whisper to me. You got <laughs> those so nice, you got those, you got those creamy boys. So you got those good mics. You both got them blogmans. Don't you? Yeah. you blogger Johns. I just got the hands. <laughs> yeah, we do. Behind those the mic time. boys. I got the, the mic, mic boys. Cream it, boy. Cream it, beige. <laughs> Uh, you actually Mike, sound really good though so yeah, thank you arctis wireless pro bro check it out i'm gonna put my affiliate link below i'm just kidding i hate, I hate that <laughs> it's uh, great Mike. Mike, do you have any dad jokes for us um i do it's pretty pretty lame but oh, i can share are when when you're not a dad okay right. i had to get All it right. in once this episode i had to it's it's cool is austin are you a dad yeah 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're still yeah, the, yeah. you're still the only fraud here, Mike. Dang you can, it, dude. Hey, yeah. you don't have to have a kid to be a dad, dude. I'll tell you that. Like some of my friends have called. <laughs> That's what I've just, been we just trying started to calling say, each man. other dad, dude. That's what we do. I don't know why. We just started calling each other dad all the time, and we'd go to Walmart and we just go up to people and say, "Are you my dad? Are you my dad?" And make people uncomfortable. You, you, you're a dad, dude. You have the girth. Have the girth, and that's what you needed. And uh, now you're don't, here. Don't, uh, yeah, don't, uh, guys don't got lie the girth. to the people for me. Guys like got that. the girth. Average and satisfying with substantial girth. That's what they've always told me. Oh, gosh. No, da- Dad, I'm not talking to him. Sorry. <laughs> Mike, what's your joke? We got we to wrap this up. This is getting long. Okay. That's um, what she said? That's what she said. Yes! There it is. Oh, yes. No. Uh, Okay, um, so my dad joke is this: Why did Marshmallow get kicked out of the marching band? Uh, are we talking like that that DJ Marshmallow with the big yeah. fluffy head? That yeah. guy. I, yeah. I don't know why. Because he kept dropping the bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it is about that guy. That is a dad. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, that yeah. That is a that's a fantastic dad joke. I feel like the the, the more you have to like stop and think about it. The actually yeah. the better quality dad joke it is. You don't want like a you don't want like you don't want you know what I'm saying you don't want a knee slap. Oh, that's not a dad joke. The dad joke's right. like, wait, what the fuck did he just what did he just say? It's like, oh yeah, and DJ oh, okay. had yeah, DJ had disappointment written all over his face, and you were still like <laughs> thinking on it for a second. So uh, uh, that was affirming for me. Thank you. <laughs> that was that was good. No, that was that was horribly good. So. Um, all right. And quite so I, I, d- I actually don't have one. Um, I was going to tell a time. Ter- t- t- but the, 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 well, there we go. Just screwed up the punchline. I'll, I'll cut it. I'll cut it. <sighs> Just redo it. All right. No, anyways, I was going to tell a time traveling joke, but you guys didn't like it. So because mm. you traveled in time, it. you already know that. Uh, do you see? There it is. There it is. Disappointing at best, especially with the bad punchline delivery. Dang it. Can I tell you the best dad joke I ever heard? Yes, please. Please do. Is it going to be the uh, marshmallow one I just told? No, but that would actually have been awesome. I would have just told the same joke you did. (laughs) (laughs) But in a worse way. But what is my friend Tom? And let me tell you this for a little bit of hope and vigor and charisma. My friend Tom is not a dad. Okay. Best Ooh, dad joke. Okay. He's, he's the most dadly man. He educated me the other day on what an air hammer is. Do you know what that is? It's some crazy shit that goes on inside of an HVAC vent. It's called air hammer, dude. How intense is that? But he knew. He's like, oh, it's an air hammer. I'm like, what the I think fuck, I'm gonna. Dude? I think I'm going to change my Discord name to air hammer now. Air hammer. <laughs> Holy shit. I, oh, my God. I was like, wow, this guy fucks. It just, I had to back away. But, um... <laughs> Uh, what, what did the, what did the, um, out of order sign on the brothel say? Just what? beat it. We're closed. <laughs> Get it? Cause it's a brothel. Go yeah, beat it. We're closed. <laughs> yeah, that was a Tom classic. I gotta, I gotta give him credit on that. That was a Tom selects. Uh, yeah, we're we gonna need to get Tom, Tom on the show. You gotta to get Tom on here. <laughs> Teach Seriously. DJ how to be a dad. Yeah, apparently. Dad's so hard. It's we like are, he's made out of balance. It's like he's Dads made with of it. the best of them. Bring a new balance. <laughs> I don't know. Something. Uh, I love it. We are definitely going to have to mark this episode as explicit. 
What do you think, Mike? Oh, Mike's for gonna... sure. Oh, was I not when <laughs> us? <laughs> no, yeah, we're gonna good. we're gonna cut out most of what you say. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, pretty much everything that you've said is gonna <laughs> yeah. be cut and edited out of here. No. Uh, we'll we'll either mark it as explicit or we'll put a whole bunch of beeps all over the place, which might be funny too. So we'll figure it out. You know, man, just, you should have told me know. that before I did this, man. No, no, I would have no, gone a whole different uh, angle. <laughs> it's authentic. It's authentic. We're yeah. good. Oh, this no, is great. I, I, I think love it. It's been hilarious. So, <laughs> yeah, this has been probably one of the funniest episodes yet. So, and also one of the yeah, most sure. mind-boggling. I'm still scrambling yeah. about these options, but I'm honestly um, confused as well. So, if that makes you feel any better, <laughs> as I was explaining it, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like if I'm looking no. at it, I know. But if I'm explaining yeah. it, I'm like, I don't have a fucking clue, man. <laughs> it's definitely gonna be a learned skill to to not yeah. only learn yeah. how to do it, but then how to teach it. So, yeah. But uh, okay, well, let's uh, wrap this up because I'm sure that this episode is crazy long, which is awesome though because it's jam packed full of content. Um, yeah. For for the listeners out there, if you haven't already, uh, you know, check out the Stock Dads community uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, we are going to be releasing new episodes every Tuesday um, morning. You, they should be out, you know, on the Stocks and Sandals podcast. And uh, make sure to check out Big Quench on Penny Boys Discord and Facebook as well. And also uh, the Never Alone Recovery for sure. Make sure you take a look at that and support it any way you can. Um, do you guys have any like last words? Any last thoughts? Mm-hmm. I think I'm good. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, yeah. everything else will be in the, the get, show like notes. A, could we get like a like, two just whistle, gave you an opportunity like, to see talk. you later? <laughs> Near him. I feel like he's got a more <laughs> sensual whistle. Oh, gosh. This <laughs> is horrible. Every, <laughs> everything else will be in the show notes. Download the show, please. Uh, show us some love with, uh, you know, maybe a five-star rating or a like or a comment or share it on Facebook or check it out on YouTube. Whatever. Just kind of help what us time out. You, what to... time you popping this out Tuesday? Uh, it goes out on at like 4 a.m. is when I have it set up. So you have it for the ride to work. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if it actually works though, because I don't wake up that early. So it's uh, I just check when I wake up to see if it's on or not. Yeah. So hopefully it is. <laughs> and if it's not, I get up way faster than I like to and go, you know, scurry in my undies over to the computer and try and do it. So, uh, but show us some love, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully this uh helped to explain options a little bit more super complex stuff. We'll probably do some more episodes on it in the future to try and get a little more in depth. So, um, well with that guys, we are out. Thank you for listening to stocks and sandals, a podcast by stock dads for stock dads. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and join our stock dads community on Facebook and Instagram. But most importantly, don't, Touch the thermostat.